I am doing my third Christmas solo. Wow. Me and a cat. It should be nice. I, I can Im- imagine that at times Zelda is good company, but other times Zelda is asleep. She most of the time is just asleep. It's just whether she's okay. asleep near enough to be present or in right. a distant corner of the flat, right? Okay. Uh, and on Christmas Day, does uh, does Zelda get anything different? She gets some, you know, did, extra snacks. Does she have a costume? I I I almost was tempted to buy her like a, a Christmas hat or something. <laughs> I might try and make a fashion one. Because notoriously, cats Get love in the spirit. wearing costumes and hats and all sorts. Yes, we you see it all over the place. People dress their cats up, and their cats are clearly overjoyed. That's the definite B part to that situation. However, you can get cute costumes for your cats, and you can put them on for the few minutes that a cat is pliable, and then remove it once the cat starts getting a pliable angry. cat. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yep. Phrases I I uh, didn't think I would hear on the show, but uh, no pliable cats. Christmas hats. Hey. A poet and I didn't realise. I tried to think of something rude to finish that sentence, but it just didn't work. I got I got a pre-podcast question to you. Oh, okay. What's the last thing that you just got for free that you weren't expecting to get for I, free? Is this on the show or is this are we am I editing this out? It's, this is this is your decision. <laughs> the last thing I got for free. Yeah, yeah. That you're just like, oh, okay. Does money count or not really? It can. You're, you're. Okay, no, no. I've got a great one. Answer. I've got a great one. I got one yesterday. Yesterday for free. Nice. Half a banana loaf. Hey. From Vicky Murray. Superstar. So, so just to give you the backstory, uh, Vicky was my last kind of pre-Christmas appointment in Kilmarnock. Right. Which, uh, I'll be honest, is not very high up on my list of things I'd recommend people do and see before they die. Go to Kilmarnock Town Centre. Right. My my goodness. It has seen... It exists. ...too many winters in uh, (laughs) Lord of the Rings parlance. So we went out for for lunch. It was lovely. And because she and I worked together at Clyde, she remembered that my favourite thing that she would make Mm. and bring into the newsroom was banana loaf. And so she presented me with a little bag and said, Colin, this is for you. And I thought, that is... Amazing. Thank you so much. It must be a good one. It must be a good one, you know, because she kept half for herself. Well, absolutely. Uh, but but it was also the fact that I didn't tell her that on the same day she gave me the uh, banana loaf, I'd ordered 12 Krispy Kremes to arrive for the flat. So my... Uh, oh, Krispy Kremes? My, I'm going to send you better links. My, oh, vegan Krispy Kremes. Come on. Okay. Um, they're banging. Now, the, uh, the problem is that, of course, my pre-Christmas binging has begun in earnest. Right. And uh, but, but to answer your long-winded question, that was um, the last thing I got for free. Nice. Why? Well, because I got something for free this week. I don't ever venture anywhere, so I very rarely get free things. But I was at the dentist this week. Okay. And I got free things at the dentist. Free things? Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was halfway through getting my teeth drilled to bits. Nice. And the dentist said through their 50 or, six, 50 or 60 layers of masks, whoa, 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 don't worry, I won't charge. And I was like, all right. <laughs> okay. And I still don't know what they did. <laughs> It could have been. He could have said but anything. But I got something extra done for free at the dentist. <laughs> I mean, great. Dentist is far from the cheapest place you can get stuff. So if you're going to yeah. get anything for free, dentist stuff. Yeah, I get. I get stuff. the feeling that they just like did a like a little cheeky little extra bit of filling on a teeth that wasn't on a teeth right. on a teeth that wasn't getting the actual one. They were just like, okay. all right, we'll just cross the borders a wee bit, but don't worry, I won't charge. What, what state are your teeth in, by the way? 
they're fine now. Three appointments to the dentist, and I'm back to just routine checkups. Love that. That's great. Good news. Very good news, because after two years of delay for COVID, having just decided at that point that, hey, things are getting bad enough that I should start paying money to get these things fixed. <laughs> it was it was a relief to only need six teeth fixed. Uh, yeah, I mean, only, only the six, which is what, like a sixth of your mouth? That's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah, but none of them got pulled out. Oh, good. That's true. None of them were getting replaced. You know, I was, I was worried I was going to get some pulled or something, but it wasn't so bad after all. Big money, though. My goodness. Oh, it it is. Yeah. If you can't go in the NHS, if you can't wait that long, it costs money. Okay, James, uh, I did mention last week that we were going to talk about uh, Seesaw Parade Wrapped, (gasps) seeing as everyone did their Spotify Wrapped. Right, but I, I'm gonna play. We're gonna play a wee game here. Okay, okay I'm oh, gonna no. ask you a question. Oh dear! And you, and dear listener, you can play along too <laughs> oh, no. and see see how many you get right. Okay, <laughs> zero. So I have I have in front of me the uh, what SoundCloud have called your insights, which is less done some, I sexy. I could have done some research. I don't even know how many episodes you recorded. <laughs> well, that's question one. Question one, James, including today. Oh, how many episodes did we record in 2021? 43. Oh, you're so close. 40. Oh, really? Which is, funnily enough, three short. 43 would have been the right answer in 2020. I just, like, tried to remember it last year. (laughs) Amazingly, which was 43. Amazingly, (laughs) considering the fact that, you you know, most of this year, the majority of this year, was actually in unlockdown circumstances, 40 is a pretty good tally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not bad. I'll take that. Not bad. That's one to be proud of. Okay, next question. Okay. In what month of the year... Did we have our most listens? August. Oh, so close again. September. Hey, it's actually closely, close. Closely followed by July. So you're you're right in the middle. Oh, nice. And, uh, <laughs> and that actually, funnily enough, our listens go way up in June, and that's when we put it on Spotify. Um, that is not unexpected, yeah. yeah. No, no, not at all. And uh, last question. In okay. total, oh, no. how many plays to the nearest... To the nearest um, thousand, shall we say. How many plays has Seesaw Parade had in 2021 in total? I don't even know how many we've got in total in total. <laughs> okay, well, just just give me a number. You might be Ten. way wrong. 10,000. Yeah. Again, James, very close. No. 13,000 <laughs> listens. So close. In 2021. But again, can I just say, 13,000 listens to Seesaw Parade in 2021. That's amazing. That's, a, that's amazing, actually. That's a, wow. Astounding, to be honest. And even the uh, even the SoundCloud is surprised. It says, this is 193% up on the last year. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we've basically doubled the, 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 the annual listens in the space of, a, of 12 months, wow. which, again, is, is largely due to the fact that we're now on Spotify. Not anything to do no, with... No, it's largely due to the fact that <laughs> People are listening. Yeah, and clearly the quality has increased. If it wasn't for you listeners, it would be like 80 listens. <laughs> we do. And as we've discussed on the show before, I can actually see the, the top locations. And once again, <gasps> and I don't understand why or, or if this is like something wrong with SoundCloud, but but far <laughs> and away, right. our most listened to location right. is Columbus, Ohio. I... All right, Columbus. <laughs> I don't get that. I don't like it's it's three times higher than Glasgow, and that's in What's second. What's going on over there? So it's like Glasgow, and then there's some other places in Scotland. Then there's Brussels in fourth. 
Then we've got. I, mean, I like, can see that some of these might be like VPN hubs or something okay, like okay. that. So maybe like all of the US <laughs> listens are getting VPN through, or maybe like servered through. Right, right. Columbus specifically. That's their Glasgow portal. That is the only thing I can think of because <laughs> who is listening to us more, like three times more than anybody else in Columbus, Ohio? I don't even know anyone in, in, from that state. Do you? You must do. Check in, anyone. If you if you are listening from Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> Let us know what's going on. Are we on some? Are we on a billboard somewhere that we don't know about? Do, do you know what it is? Maybe it might be the fact that like right. Spotify's headquarters are registered there, and every time someone uses Spotify to listen to it, oh, it yeah. registers it's yeah. from Columbus. Uh, yeah. That would make sense. Absolutely, that'll be it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> solved. People from Columbus, stand down. Okay. We don't need you anymore. But it's uh, but even like in the top ten here, we also have Brussels, Dublin. And then there's other there's right. other places which that's all like tech capitals. Yeah, this makes sense. It's right. just breeding problems. <laughs> SoundCloud are just really bad at their job, <laughs> right? But then there's other places which have much more reasonable <laughs> listens. That like for example, uh, apparently 52 listens in Boulder. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah, uh, that's, that, that, that's in Ohio. Is it? I don't know. Okay. Uh, we've got some in <laughs> Moscow. We've got some in that's 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 also in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Moscow, Ohio, uh, LA, Cincinnati, El Paso, Bankery. Yeah, yeah nice. Wow, okay, now we're really struggling. We're getting to um, East Kilbride. Right, <laughs> yeah, uh, we must 13 listens there. from yeah. East Kilbride. Very nice. But wow, amazing. It's it's so it's so great to see. Even if, yeah, you've listened for one episode, you decided it wasn't for you. Thank you very much for listening to Cease Operate. You know, tech companies, now that you're listening... Uh, you know what I want? I want uh, a wrapped wrapped. So I want a 2021 wrapped that is just a summary of when all the tech companies decided the year ended. Yeah. Because the year hasn't ended. But in a lot of the companies' viewpoints, apparently it has. I don't quite understand why all of our wraps come Did, out. At the start of December. Early to mid-December. Yeah. And particularly for me, because I really got into this band called Spite. Who are amazing. Yeah. But they released a new song about a week ago, and I've easily listened to it about 50 times already. And then I'm thinking, oh no, it's not going to be in my Spotify rap for 2022 because it's still 2021. Well, and so I'm actually, and this is well, this is the level of neuroticism I'm working with. I'm thinking, I'm not going to listen to it until it's January 1st, and then I'm going <laughs> to listen to it loads so it makes my Spotify rap 2022. <laughs> Oh, man, the stress that goes into this. The follow-up question, all of you companies that have wrapped, do you do you also start the year on the same day as you've ended the year? So does Spotify... I don't think so. Is it in 2022, is it already counting our listens? Or is, is there just a void where all this data goes out the window and nobody cares about it now until the new year starts? Uh, it's I, I, you know what I don't know I, and I'm sure someone has written to Spotify to ask exactly that question and perhaps we should we should take them to task and say hey when does this year actually start seeing as you appear to be in control of it yeah what's been yeah. funny though what's been funny though is seeing all the other platforms attempt to to jump on the same train I like it so, you know Spotify Spotify is very much like the the one that everyone wants to see they want to see who they've listened to and their most listened to song and that stuff's interesting don't get me wrong and they're 
and their their vibe. Right. And, and weird colors and stuff. Yeah. But then you get I got one from like YouTube. It was like, hey, YouTube wrapped. Oh. You've had and it just made for such sad reading. <laughs> it was like you've had Oh, like uh, the, the creator get wrapped. Yeah, eight hundred and thirty-two views this year. And here's the most watched <laughs> that is, video. That is down four hundred from the previous. <laughs> it was like in twenty seventeen you had twelve thousand views. What went wrong? <laughs> and then it lists your most watched videos, two of which were from the last decade. One was. I should look for those for some of my channels. One was me playing the banjo in 2007, which is still getting views, more views than anything Just else I put on my channel. And then there's like well done. a video I filmed on my phone of a wrestler doing a wrestling move, and it's got oh, nice. like 9,000 views. That's cool. It's, That's but cool. it just made, it's like, look, this is not what I want to get from my sad creator YouTube. I know. I've got, I've got several YouTube accounts. I should look <laughs> at my rap for those. That's actually, like, useful for a career. Okay. Whereas, like, the ones that's just, like, the Reddit recap where it's like, I got one of those too. to this subreddit and it got really popular. It's like, yeah. uh-huh. I, I knew this because I could see that I subscribed to it and that it is popular. It, it was nearly one I, I screenshotted and shared because it made me laugh. But I got that Reddit recap, as I say, all these other platforms attempting to jump on the same train. And my Reddit recap, I got to the page which says, um, here's your most upvoted comment of the year. <laughs> and my most upvoted, upvoted comment of the year in caps lock is the word bitch. <laughs> With something like 500 upvotes. And do you know why? It's because it is a line in a song right. which had been posted to that particular Reddit. And I thought, oh, oh everyone knows this line. I'm just going to put it in caps lock and leave right. it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart. That was a smart comment. Well done. And that and that was my most popular contribution to Reddit in 2021. Yeah. Which says a lot about, first of all, Reddit, but second of all, about the, the stuff I post on it. Yeah. I mean, I have, again, I've got several accounts. So the different recaps told me different things about the, the, the person I present as in in different times. And oh, yeah. None of it was really that interesting, sadly. Reddit does not get a good version of me on any of my accounts. It has been a strange year for the whole social media deciding when the year is up, because technically you should really be giving people their raps on December 31st, not in the middle of Dece- yeah. the start of December. Or, like, I'd, I'd go, I'd, I'd accept receiving it halfway through January, you know? There's like, <laughs> this is what last year was. Yeah, Remember exactly. last year ended, like, a couple of weeks ago? Here, here, here it was. Oh, man. Like, I know they've all got to take holidays and stuff. Just, like, do the data work on the other side of the holiday. Okay, right. This intro is long enough as it is. Let's crack on. Seesaw Parade 273. Yeah. The 40th episode of the year. Thank you very much. Yeah, your Seesaw Parade wrapped is also a marketing scam to make you notice all of the great deals that we're offering you just before the Christmas holidays. Yep. Uh, we're going to continue offering you free podcasts. Absolutely. I'm Colin, and he is Free James. <laughs> Yeah, I am. Because you get him for free without asking. And this is... In every way. Scotland's longest running podcast ever. Just It just is. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we we predate Scotland. We we do actually. We we started before yeah. uh, before the po- word podcast was actually invented. Myself and James, we even did podcasts in his house 
when we were teenagers. So how about that? Sucks to be everyone else. <laughs> and we wonder why uh, why people stop listening around the, the 15 minute mark. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> Great to have your company. And thank you very much again for listening, for yes, being yes, yes. one of the 13,000 listens in 2021. And here's to maybe 14,000 wow. in 2022. How about that? I think so. What a target to aim for. Yeah. Now, James, we have, uh, we've got a lot to get through. So let's crack on but dear listener if you have anything you want to contribute to the show perhaps um, uh, uh, some Spotify Seesaw Parade wrapped stats you have for example I got a couple of people who shared that Seesaw Parade was their most listened to podcast of the year which is great wow but yes you that's can, cool you can do that at Seesaw Parade on Twitter or you can write to us Seesaw Parade at gmail.com most of the time we get uh, emails from Deliveroo and <laughs> from SoundCloud and from people pretending to sell us uh, themselves. And like a really, really sad YouTube rap. <laughs> that too. But you can email us and we would love to hear from you. So please do. But James, let's crack on. Let's talk about Omicron, the new villain in Transformers. Oh, classic. <laughs> yeah, even I was unconvinced with that one. Okay, James, let's... Uh, talk about the news. The daily COVID cases in the UK have exceeded 100,000 for the very first time in the pandemic. Wow. So, we are recording this on Friday. I am convinced it will be even higher today, but uh, just yesterday... Tests are not getting reported properly right now. Hold on. Some 106,000 cases were announced on Wednesday, uh, which was the latest in a series of record-breaking days. It turns out that eight highest daily case figures since the pandemic started have all been since December 15th. Yes. So as of uh, Tuesday, 8,000 people were in hospital. It's the highest in a month, but it is some way below last winter's peak. It's about three times less than where we were in January of last year. But of course, these knock-on effects do take several weeks to appear. Indeed. We also saw... 140 further deaths. We're now way over the 150,000 deaths mark. And a total of almost a million doses of booster and third doses were uh, handed out, jabbed into people's veins on uh, Tuesday. And that's um, adding to the previous... Well, into their muscle tissue, but yes. I I don't actually know where it goes. I just know it hurts. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that was... That's actually been, uh, again, something that uh, Boris has been crowing about. All the the jabs they've got in arms. But, uh, James, let's talk about, first of all, the the fact that this is the highest case number since uh, the start of the pandemic, since mass testing began last summer. Um, What does this say about, well, number one, how transmissible this particular variant is? (laughs) Hmm. I think it might say that this variant is exceptionally transmissible and possibly even more than we expected. So, So you're not surprised by this and you're expecting it to go up further? Well, I am. I was surprised at how transmissible it is because this is actually the first time it is it is transferred into my my personal experience of the virus. So, I am. I actually am noticing that more people are getting the virus yep. compared to previous times. Whereas in other waves, it was always just kind of like a one or two whereas now I can actually like track quite a few little clusters and groups same yep. who I who I know so like it is it's a bit more uh of a of a peak than I was expecting but like 
when when we were told about Omicron, we were told it's incredibly contagious compared to the other ones. It's going to spread much faster. And since Delta and stuff had spread so fast, it's like, oh, well, of course it is. I guess the fortunate thing is that it is also far less deadly in comparison, yep. uh, according to the latest output from countries that have had it for longer. So South Africa are saying not to expect the same proportion of people to end up hospitalized. So more people getting sick, fewer getting hospitalized, but it still could end up like tanking the NHS if the if the totals go high enough. So right, right. keep being safe, dodge long COVID, blah, blah, blah. Indeed. So let's talk about that then, which is, as you've said there, James, Omicron appears to be milder according to the first studies coming out of both South Africa and the UK. Yeah. Uh, early evidence is suggesting fewer people are needing hospital treatment um, compared to previous variants. Estimates have ranged from a 30% reduction to a 70% reduction. But as we've talked about before, the concern remains that even if Omicron is milder, because it's so transmissible, yeah. that's still an enormous amount of people needing yes. hospital treatment. And and we've had the NHS. I, I don't quite understand how at this point in the pandemic it is still underfunded. It still doesn't have everything it needs. But we are still in a state where the NHS is kind of at the breaking point all the time. So it won't take much to push it over the edge. And then all the... It's not just people with COVID that suffer, it's everybody else who's needing to be in hospital that suffers. So yeah, there yeah. are all these secondary effects from a from a from a less severe but far more contagious form of COVID. So I don't know what to what to expect, but I, I do think we might see a little bit of a pullback from the from the restrictions that were looking okay. very concrete last week yeah. now that we're seeing the numbers coming out and they're suggesting it's a little bit safer I think it makes it even less likely that someone like Boris will be able to be like okay nothing for two weeks everybody right we're going to talk about that in just a second so yeah. before we talk about the restrictions which in England nothing's happened but in Scotland we have had some restrictions and in Wales and Northern Ireland yeah. but before we do that James the, the I've seen a couple of people now share posts about ah, Omicron's only killed nine people so far. Yeah, Why um, yeah. are we talking about lockdown by stealth when, for example, uh, cancer, diabetes, suicide is claiming far more lives in the same amount of time? So what's the what's the response to that? Well, it's just the, it's the same scales. It's the same balance as always. You're balancing the direct negative effects of a lockdown against the indirect negative effects of allowing... COVID to roam free. So if Omicron does tank the NHS and it does take up every single hospital bed, yeah. um, and then we've got all of those same families and people suffering from it, and we don't know how much of a likelihood long COVID is of Omicron yet, because it, it does treat the lungs differently. So there are still very, like a lot of variables, and it's not so direct. So you're balancing, is there this much harm from Omicron as it spreads around compared to the the harm that we know comes from lockdowns and the experts are saying the harm we know comes from lockdowns will be lesser so lean, they're leaning towards that now you can try to disagree with that if you want but it's not a case of right. like looking at the primary number of deaths coming from the virus it's all of the secondary effects of if we allow everybody to catch it all at once so there was a, a couple of further thoughts to that there was someone on the the radio on Monday night on the BBC who is saying something like sometimes the uh, the pill is worse than the pain 
which which was I think saying that actually you know going full lockdown at this point would actually in his view certainly be too much but then there's the other view which is we should just do what Boris is doing which is oh no it's fine just continue let's continue life on as as uh, as normal i had someone this week yeah. who's in their their early 20s who has basically understandably yeah. had enough and has said you know what i'm i'm triple jabbed at this point i don't understand why i can't just go out and live my life Aye. and my point was to my point was to them um, because they were talking about you know the, the vast majority of people who are on ventilators in hospitals are unvaccinated that is true uh, it's a significant proportion. Yeah, close to nine in ten people yeah. on ventilators in hospitals are are unvaccinated. But my point was, you're not the one dealing with that. Yeah, you're. It's this. It's the nurses. It's the doctors who are essentially attempting to save as many people as possible. A hundred and fifty thousand people have died in the UK of this virus. So. The the government, what is the benefit of a lockdown to a government? There is zero benefit. The economy falls off a cliff. Yeah. Uh, everything shuts down. People's morale, people's support for the government falls off a cliff as well. There is zero reason why you would lock down unless it was to perhaps save some lives, to prevent well, people from dying unnecessarily. Not even that. I, I don't think so. I think the government is callous enough that it would weigh the economic costs more than it would weigh deaths. I think the government will only do lockdowns once not locking down will actually be worse for the economy than locking down will be over- right, overall. So, so, so the reason Sturgeon said this week she would have put us into full lockdown if it weren't for the fact she had no money. Mm. And that was her reasoning for, we would be in it, but I can't afford it right now. Yeah. And the measures that have been put in place have, to me, it do, it's not what I would have done. We'll put it that way. So no. just on, on that point, before we talk about the restrictions, to people who do want to just go rule free, what is the, what, what are you going to say? What are the governments going to say to people to tell them, yes, we appreciate you've all been, or the majority of you have now been triple jagged, but we still have to you know, restrict our lives because the longer this goes on, the less effective that message becomes. I, I think at this point, we're way beyond the point of appealing to people's empathy. Like we can't just be like, think of all the old people or like think of all the suffering families if we keep like spreading the virus. And we have to be appealing to their selfish nature. And in my opinion, every single one of us will genuinely enjoy life less if we do not do like restrictions even lockdowns, because it's the equivalent of just drawing it out longer. Because if like some measurable percentage of the workforce is getting sick and having to isolate for, what is it, a, 10 days now or something like that, seven days if you got a vaccine and a negative, it's whatever it is. in Scotland. And all their family has to do it because they've been pinged and you got to wait for tests. Uh, if we just keep doing this cycle of get sick, call off work, uh, everybody stresses for two weeks, go back in, and then the next family member gets sick, call off work, everybody stresses for two weeks. It's just a protracted lockdown. It's no different. And it's, it lasts yeah, even yeah. longer and is worse for the economy, which is why we do see governments and stuff leading towards trying to spend all the money right now, get the lockdown down, get the lockdown done right now so we don't do this mass everybody is sick and calling off from work for months and months and months until the summer rolls around and maybe we all are a little bit better. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know how the government 
takes that message and grinds it down into like three or four words because three or four words is what's going to be effective. But they have to appeal to people's selfish nature at this point. And you are going to be better off, even if you're triple jabbed, by having everyone obey like some restrictions now so that we don't have to keep doing this perpetual covering shifts uh, swapping shifts and short-staffed and everybody's stressed and everybody's scared, right? But I don't know how you do that. Well, it, it leads us on to the restrictions which have been introduced. And as you say, the, the reasoning I saw from certain scientists was if you lock down now, you're essentially saving yourself if it does get really, really bad. And if it's actually milder than it, than first feared, then you can roll it back in a few weeks. But let's yeah. talk about the restrictions which have been brought in in Scotland because in England, Boris said, no. In Scotland, you've essentially been told, uh, first of all, for anyone hosting events, everything outdoor is limited to just 500 people from Boxing Day. So that means, for example, the Hogmanay Street Party in Edinburgh is off. Every single uh, gig that was indoors is limited now to 200 or 100 people. So that basically cancels everything, uh, including several of the, the gigs that I had optimistically bought tickets for in January and February, which uh, Ah. are all gone. Table service, one meter social distancing, returning to hospitality from December 27th. Uh, These are all in place for three weeks as of uh, the 27th. But as we talked about last week, there's no limit to how many people you can meet up with on Christmas. So part of that, James, I believe, comes from the fact that Nicola Sturgeon did not want to be the first minister who cancelled Christmas twice. Right. And like again, it's the same kind of like reasonable nature of I, I I think there is the balance of is it viable? I don't I don't think anyone would have believed her right if she's like all right everybody's gonna lock down. How many people would have actually done it if they hadn't already decided to? I think almost everybody who would have locked down if Nicola said we're gonna just do Christmas isolated again has already decided to do that because they're the sensible people in a pandemic and everybody else I think would have dodged it. <laughs> Um, it would attack. I, th- I think. I think a lot of people have been sensible, though. I, no, I, yeah, and I think I'm not saying like it's a minority. I think there's. Uh, I think there's tons of people, a uh, very big percentage of people who are still making sensible plans, and are basically acting as though the restrictions are tougher than they are. And it's just because if you took away the, the supposed freedoms of everybody else for a lockdown, it would have negatively affected the rest of their attempts at like trying to ma- manage the pandemic at this point. So it's, it's, it's the whole balancing act again. And it's, it's the same. It's because people have this strange pers- perspective of what freedom is to them, where it's like mostly about their individual freedom, but never thinking about how society working together leads to greater freedom in total for even you as an individual. But that 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 math doesn't doesn't get done anymore. We've had too much uh, schooling. We've had that schooled out of us. Indeed. Okay. And one more thing that Scotland has have announced uh, as of this morning, which is Thursday, uh, nightclubs are going to close again for at least three weeks. Uh, and uh, this is uh, apparently now there's funding in place made available to help support affected businesses. Uh, Mr. John Swinney, who is uh, the Deputy First Minister, said the nightclubs would have the option to stay open by instead becoming a bar. I mean, yeah. But uh, physical distancing and table service would need to be in place. But for places like the garage... Maybe not possible. Uh, James, I think that is 
yeah, maybe not one for I, them. I am still kind of surprised that the, the business brains of the world who still haven't like done even a soft transition to something that is more pandemic friendly, even in max restrictions. I don't understand the people who've just sat on their business for the whole time it was locked down and then yep. waited until they could go back to exactly what it was and didn't make any changes. Now, that's not many, but the people who did that, I do not understand them. Yeah, that's um, that's fair. I agree. There's uh, there's a few businesses I can think of who reopened and you know they could have made big changes. And it's just like and just decided not to. You had so much time to plan like a soft re-entry, something that would just balance the books for a while. Okay, but you went all out. We're back to normal, and then you're the one that's going to get not locked down again. You're the one that's going to get completely shut down again because you haven't adapted at all. I don't understand them. I think the other the other one is the other one that's interesting is um, the football. Right, got teams wanting the the Christmas the Christmas break brought forward so, a while because they're wanting to dodge the lockdown. Right. So so what's happened here is, and this is one which I I I do have sympathy for football fans here because of the outdoor event restriction. It means that games and stadiums are limited to five hundred people, and Scottish football clubs, including staff, yeah, indeed, and Scottish football clubs voted to then bring forward this planned winter break, which usually happens in January. They decided to do it at the end of December Aye. because of these restrictions and said, as, as uh, Aberdeen said, yeah, makes sense. they're going to lose an enormous amount of money instead of having you know, 35,000, 40,000 people there over two games, they have 1,000. And that's a, a lot of, of missed income. Yeah. So to me, uh, football fans, particularly in Scotland, in some cases, in some cases with a, a heavy asterisk, do often get the essentially beaten with the big government stick. I think in this case, oh, yeah, yeah. it is disproportionate to something which would have actually made a difference. So, for example, if you cast your mind back to 2020, things like places stopping serving alcohol at 10, in some cases stopping serving alcohol at 6, they showed that in indoor settings, that's where the virus is going to spread. Uh, yeah. If you're outside... It's nigh on impossible unless you are breathing in people's faces to uh, to catch the virus. So even if they limited it to like half, yeah. But that that to me was the one that a lot of football fans were very and clubs were very upset about. Yeah, it, it is it is strange because you'd think that the rules would have some sort of flexibility with capacity in mind. Like there's a variable there. Some outdoor spaces, 500 people might be quite a lot. Some outdoor spaces, it might be a tiny amount. And surely there should be that kind of a variable, but there wasn't. So I'm can I I, I I'm glad that they managed to adapt around that and are bringing forward the break to try and guarantee that they don't have to rely so much on big loans or government money or whatever else to get by. You know, it is an interesting case, though. I agree. Before we, we move on, and we'll come back to the Conservatives uh, later on, Yeah, Boris has decided against bringing in any new restrictions in England right now before Christmas but as said yeah. with, a, with a caveat we might come back to it so so this is uh, as I mentioned at the start we might <laughs> indeed mentioned at the start England has decided against doing anything uh, whereas the other home nations yep, yep, yep. have so this is this has led to funny situations with like uh, Bill Bailey for example who's doing a UK tour who's still doing all his English dates but it's cancelled as two Scottish ones. So yeah. this differentiation in policy, why, James, has this been the decision of the <laughs> of Boris's government? He's got no power. He's got to listen to his party for a change instead of making them all agree with him. Um they've had a complete um dismantling of the of the of the public opinion in the last few weeks. 
and this has led to him being unable to like have any sort of a semblance of power to say like don't have christmas or don't make don't do your christmas shopping or don't go to those christmas gigs that you bought for each other like all those christmas presents that you've given out early they're meaningless now um so I, I think that's the only major difference. Like, granted, there's always been more reluctance in England proper than in the rest of the UK just because of the parties that are representing those places. Like, the Conservatives have always leaned towards harming their people, whereas the other right, right. N- nations have leaned towards protecting their people. Um, but the harm is for the freedom of the market or whatever. Um, but that's been that's been like expanded. The gap between the nations is just now expanded because Boris and his team are losing power by the day. I do want to talk about the uh, latest in the party scandal. Yeah, and the parties which um, were not parties. Two stories this week. The first one. No, they, none of them were parties, Colin. Oh no, they were business meetings. <laughs> but no, the first business uh, meetings. The first story I want to talk about is the fact that as we talked about last week, the UK's top civil servant had started an investigation looking into the three alleged Downing Street lockdown parties, right? Yeah. But then, this week, he has had to quit. He stepped aside after it emerged his own office held a lockdown party. <laughs> well, I, I, the, the, the good side of this is that that one would have been really easy to investigate. You don't need to call any witnesses. He's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I have to quit. <laughs> so this was uh, Simon Case. He was due to report on the, the claims, uh-huh. BBC say here, that uh, COVID rules were broken at events for staff. Which made you look at the claims. There's a, there's photographic evidence of this. Yeah. And 24 no, people in a room. Yeah, there's no legal experts oh. coming out to say that what was going on was, was illegal. Y- yeah, but of, of course the Met Police are not investigating that because it happened in the past. No, but they've also reported themselves for their lack of investigations over some of this, I believe, something along those lines. Oh, I, I don't even know. But moving on from that, Dominic Rab. No, I've lost track. Dominic Rab also came out this week to defend another picture <laughs> which was uh, taken and published so from sad. May 2020, which the, you know, the UK was still mm-hmm. in lockdown. And uh, you have, I believe, between 17 and 20 people all there sitting out, and they're also outside. Outside. With wine and cheese. Yeah, in a garden. Boris and uh, spouse and baby is there. And spouses. And Dominic Rabb has said this was not a social gathering. <laughs> this was a business meeting because, and I quote him here, business. they were all wearing suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's the key to be telling what is business and what is not. It's so, the, what people are wearing. Because they had suits on, it wasn't yeah. a gathering. It was a meeting with yeah, wine and cheese. I, I went to go watch an opera once. <laughs> Real good business. Sometimes you're just at a funeral for business. It's just business. <laughs> okay, but for real, James, I mean, everyone, I think, saw this and rolled their eyes. But again, yeah, co- yeah. consequence? Any? Well, yeah, not not, not like w- proper channel consequences yet. We haven't had any actual consequences. And I, I'm sure that if any of the proper channels do try to come down on the, the Tories over this one, they will all work together to dismantle whatever that element of justice is but there have still been increasing consequences in terms of the way that they are seen by the public their plummeting in the polls continues the plummet that should have started before the pandemic was even really a headline has finally actually kicked in and people are uh, sharing in their hatred of this party and the things that they represent right right um i just hope that that hatred doesn't just, just, just dissolve 
when Boris is uh, ritually sacrificed. You know, I hope I hope the hatred is directed at the Tory party rather than just at its figurehead. Uh, did, did you see Nadine Doris got kicked out of a WhatsApp chat this week? That was also <laughs> yeah. that was also news. I mean, I would have kicked her out for calling Boris a hero, but I'm not a Tory. <laughs> All right, James, time is ticking by, so let's talk about what we've been watching this week. All right. I have got two new movies, including, as promised, the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a film that we can talk about briefly, and I've got a TV show that we can talk about briefly. Well, the TV show, I, I am one episode away from finishing. It's Hawkeye. So we'll, we'll go for we'll go for the yeah. big picture stuff. Marvel Christmas special. And then we can, uh, we can talk about the full review next week, or rather, next year. All right. When I've actually finished it. So I'm going to start with Spidey, the oh. new Spider-Man movie. Nice. H- homework. All right. Uh, which... Yeah, a, a, a film that has made an absolute pile of money and done a real good job at spreading the virus. Absolutely. So this is the third of the new Spider-Man films from uh, Marvel and Sony. It's uh, Tom Holland's third time as the uh, friendly neighborhood Spidey. And... To be clear, in this review, because it has only been out a week, I will be avoiding all spoilers. The only things I'll be talking about is things that you saw in the trailer. All right. So, for example, you know the fact that Dr. Octopus is there, mm-hmm. and Green Goblin is there, mm-hmm. and Jamie Foxx as a, a normal Electro is there. Yeah, and a, a new and improved Electro, yeah. Yep, and I will come or back improved. at the end of January with a special... Spoiler-filled review. Right. Because at that point, you'll have had six weeks to watch it. So it's your own fault. I probably still won't have seen it, but I'm okay with spoilers. So you mentioned, James, first of all, it's made a pile of money. It actually had a bigger opening weekend than Infinity War, which, considering the post-pandemic world we live in, or sorry, current pandemic world we live in, is some achievement. That's huge. And it's a reflection of the fact that this movie has been talked about for years uh-huh. because of all the rumours of who is going to show up and who's in it and who's not in the trailer and who is. And people clearly have demonstrated they will come out and see an established icon slash an established IP, yeah, which they know is going to be good, it's going to be solid, it's going to be entertaining. And so people have showed out, given their money, got the virus, but have watched a very fun movie nice. at the same time. Nice. So... Without going into spoilers, I want to I want to be clear here as well. If you go into this movie with an open mind, mm-hmm. with with a smile on your face, mm-hmm. with uh, optimism and a, mm. a pinch of nostalgia, Ooh. you will have a blast. Great. I I certainly did. Okay, I had a great time, and it nearly made me cry twice. And I will get wow. to that at the end of January because okay, it's some really it's just some some really nice touches in it. However, if you go into it without any attachment to Spider-Man and seeing it as a cynical uh, corporate America ploy to make as much money as possible. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will hate it. All right. So easy to hate. Right? Okay. But but rather than it being, and this this often is, is said as a, as a backhanded compliment, it's one for the fans. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it. this movie is for anyone who has ever enjoyed Spider-Man. Which, right, yeah. If you have an objective view of, of the, the Spider-Man films over the last 20 years, over the last, well, in this century, of which there have been, what, nine, <laughs> nine movies in total? It depends what you count, yeah. It's, uh, 
if you liked any of them and you've got an affinity for the character, you'll really enjoy this film. But if you go into it with that kind of cynical, oh, it's just Marvel out to make more money, you'll hate it. So I would right. I would advise you, I would ask you to go into it. And of course, there's an element of, we want to make as much money of this as possible. That's fine. It's a business. Yeah, it is. It's just the Marvel jigsaw pieces right. getting put into place. They won't be doing anything that's too risky because they have a corporate board to please. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. There are elements of intrigue as to I'm interested as to where certain aspects of this are going cool and I'm that's all I'm going to say about it I would I would really encourage nice. anyone who has an interest a passing interest in Spider-Man as a character to go and see this movie and you'll really enjoy it I'm actually going to go and watch it again because I feel I missed easter eggs hints nudges all sorts of things and I'd also say as my final point before we uh I, I move on it definitely has been influenced by the fantastic Into the Spider-Verse. Undoubtedly, it saw what that movie right, did. Right, right, right. They took some notes. And thought, hmm. But the good notes. We're going to have some of that. I like that. And, it, and it, look, it, it worked. It absolutely worked. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah universally yeah. well acted. As I mentioned in the trailer, we uh, the, the trailers we talked about, Dr. Octopus, uh, Dr. Octopus is in this. Green Goblin is in this. And those two I would like to highlight. Oh, yeah. Alfred Molina... Who, by the way, I didn't know this, is a Londoner. Yeah. <laughs> like most of the Spider-Man cast would, would talk with British accents yep. as far as I'm aware. <laughs> He's, he is fantastic in this movie. Really, really great. Excellent. And also, but then, my goodness, and this was the, the comment that, that Graham had, Willem Dafoe is just a powerhouse of a guy. Okay. Oh, good, good, like good. his performance is worth... Is worth the, the the ticket price alone. Honestly, excellent. There's moments in this movie I just thought, just just give me more Willem Dafoe. <laughs> this guy is the best. He's so good. Yeah, when he when he shows up, he shows up. And like, sorry, I said I said it was the last bit, but it adds <laughs> it adds nuance to a lot of the characters. It gives, for example, Jamie Foxx's Electro, who, if you remember Amazing Spider-Man 2, I don't blame you if you don't, it was very forgettable. Yeah. His yeah. character was so undercooked and just badly written. Yep. And he's ac- he's actually able to... It's a very Jamie Foxx performance, but... Right, right, right. It's, it's, he's given more. He's fleshed out. And whilst I do think there's a little bit of... Um, there's a bit of good in everyone in this movie. Right. It is also just an, a really nice way of, of adding more to the characters that we thought we knew. Excellent. No, I, I like that. I li- yeah, this is this is way better than the trailers. Oh, oh certainly. You know, the, tra- the trailer, and I understand why they did it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Didn't, want to give a, they didn't want to give anything away. So, so that's that, to me, is a good thing. And also, it avoids the final act big boss fight. Yeah. Which is great. Okay, good, good. So it's not just like, hey, the film was good and now you're going to go through 30 minutes of CGI in the dark. <laughs> and now smashy, smashy. No, it's 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 so much better than that. And I believe, as I say, okay. they, they have learned from certain other movies, both in their own franchise and seeing that what <sighs> they were doing they was, learning, yeah. was formulaic, but also from Into the Spider-Verse. So if, yeah, as I say, hearty recommendation, but you've got to go into it with the right mindset because if you don't, you'll hate it. Right. Okay, tell us about your movie. I watched Snowpiercer, oh, hey. the film from a book that was then made into also a TV series that I have also watched, and the film is the best. The film is really good. 
I love this film. The film is great. Um, so have you seen it before? I, I actually hadn't seen the film. I don't think. I think I really? I watched a little bit of it once by accident, and then I actually just liked it, but I hadn't saw, <laughs> caught the start, so I turned it off so I could watch the whole thing. So um, this is the one with like Chris Evans, Tilda Swinton. Chris Evans doing good acting is this? It's one of his yes. good acting films. Like John Hurt's in this as well, right? It's not even the. Fr- I also watched uh, Sunshine lately, which is which is Chris Evans in it as well. I think I think people were like Danny Boyle which, were just underestimating that guy. When he was getting cast as big things, I, I think I think if you looked at some of his un, less less well known films, it would have been like Chris Evans has got potential. Anyway, um, okay, yeah. So this is uh, Bon Joon Ho, one of his one of his pre Oscar winning films, uh, set in a world where humans have tried to solve the climate crisis and global warming, but they've done too good a job, and we're in an ice age, and the only people alive are in a train. There's just a train that goes forever, and that's the, we're on the train. And one of my favorite things about the film. And it, it's, again, similar to Sunshine, is it just goes, okay, here's the premise, and we're off. It doesn't spend the whole first act uh, slowly building you up to the actual thing that's going on. It's just like, yeah. we're on a train, these people are really poor at the back and they eat, like, garble <laughs> for dinner, and there's a bunch of people at the front that mistreat them, and it, it's it's very obviously an allegory for the class system on Earth, and now we're off. We're trying to march up the train. And it's like, well, okay, how interesting can a film on a train be? But it is visually stunning. The directing is incredible. Uh, the, the way that they differentiate the different train cars is wonderful. It is. All the looks that we get into the outside world, really cool. And they hold off on that so long. The film is really patient of a lot of its reveals. It takes so much time just trickling little bits and pieces in. So the the acting is similarly excellent we've got some people who are completely lost in their roles almost to a comedic way but that's to be expected of a bong joon ho because a lot of his films have sort of like a darkish kind of comedy to the way they look and feel yeah yeah, and this one really leans into that uh the, the characters almost all of them are not quite what you expect they're also a little bit maybe funnier than you might expect while while also feeling yep. like they, sh- they should just be a stereotype. You see them and you're like, oh, I see what the stereotype is. And then the, he, he takes that and just twists it a little bit. So everything has a little bit of an edge of sincerity. And it's got some of the best lines that I've seen recently. There's some really, really strong speech towards the end of the film that just like really tore at me and made me feel awful because the character had felt so real. And then uh-huh. having the character say those things, it was just like, whoa. Okay, and I don't want to spoil it because if you haven't seen this film, watch it. Do it. Preferably not knowing any more than what I've said right now. Yep. It is so well done, and I am really glad it got a full release because it almost got 20 minutes cut off by evil Mr. Weinstein. Um, <laughs> make sure you watch it, please. Okay, well, telling you about a, a film which wait, you wait, should wait, avoid. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. It is a film whose overall purpose people mis- misunderstand. A lot of people see the film and they're like, well, clearly this is a film about how the establishment should just be left alone, otherwise everything's going to go wrong. Um, <laughs> but the film's the opposite of that. It's actually yep. like, if we keep things the way they are, it's all going to explode horribly. And watch it, because it actually sends that message really well if you, if you just pay attention. It does. Okay, well, to tell you about a film you should avoid, my second movie of the week, it is still out in cinemas, it is House of Gucci. Oh no! Which you, I'm sure, will have seen. I saw a trailer for that when we were watching Trailers, memes, all sorts of things going on. It has Lady Gaga, Jared Leto, Adam Driver, Al Pacino, 
it's a, a, a big named cast. Jeremy Irons is in this as well with an awful accent. <laughs> and my goodness, this... Um, how about a movie with lots of famous people who don't really do anything? That's the story of, of House of Gucci. So, to start with the positives, Lady Gaga is, once again, proving herself as a phenomenal actor. She won... Unsurprising. A whole host of prizes for A Star Is Born, which, if you are yet to see it, of course, the remake of the remake of the remake. But she's great. She completely stole that movie from that other handsome guy whose name escapes me right now her co-star it's going to come uh, it'll come come back to me he's in limitless he's in the hangover he's in yeah. bradley cooper there we go yeah totally out outshone him in that movie and uh, which funnily enough she actually does in the movie as well and she was given loads of uh, awards yeah. and plaudits yeah. for that and i'm uh-huh. convinced that we will see some nominations uh-huh. for her performance now the only problem okay is the whole cast and their accents, because this movie is about you know the, the Gucci brand, yes, and the reality of uh, a murder that happened in the the mid nineties, right, to do with the Gucci family and the fact that uh, in twenty twenty one there is not a single Gucci family member involved in Gucci. It's all by other people now. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this film tells that story. So Lady Gaga, great accent. Eh, a bit more Russian than Italian. Okay, okay. Adam Driver, also great. He's I, I love Adam Driver, everything he does. It, again, he's he's uh, excellent. He may well get some nods for this All too. Right. It's also directed by Ridley Scott, so yeah. Oh. Not, not 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 the best in terms of directing. But then we get the rest of the cast. Jeremy Irons is basically just just <laughs> I don't want to be mean, but it's like <laughs> Hey Jeremy, just uh, just just go with your normal voice, and every so often say a word a little bit differently, and we'll we'll pass off that you're Italian. And that's essentially what what it is. I woke up today and ate my breakfast. Ah. It's actually not that far off it. Like you'll be out for lunch with Adam Driver, his son, and uh, Lady Gaga, the son's girlfriend, and he'll be like, "So, uh, Victoria, what do you do uh, for a living?" <laughs> and it's just that like, little twitch. And you're thinking, that is just Jeremy Irons with a terrible, terrible accent. Then, on the end of the spectrum, you get Jared Leto, who I'm sure you will have seen in some trailers. Right. Just chewing scenery, but to an obscene amount. Like, he's uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's overweight, yeah. he's got the prosthetics on, he's got the fat suit. He's getting lost in the roll call. Uh, right, and he's and he's just like, oh, it's a chic. Uh, I, uh, I design all these clothes for myself. He's basically, you know, <laughs> Super Mario. And it was, it's awful, it's off-putting. And then you've got Al Pacino, Al Pacino just doing Al Pacino, and uh, a couple other <laughs> bit part players who similarly are, are right, playing right. the roles that they have. Selma Hayek's in this as well. So it's just, it's a cast which is to die for, and it's a film which is dire. So that to me is just, avoid it. Avoid, absolutely, and it's way too long. It's like two and a half hours long. Didn't need to shave off half an hour. Make the 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 plot slash the dialogue sizzle a bit more. You might have been onto a winner. Okay. Give it to a different director. (laughs) Be great. But um, no, it is what it is. Don't watch it. All right. Well, weirdly enough, I watched a film that's got that's got uh, produced by Mr. Scott and had uh, oh, oh, Adam Driver okay. in it as well. But I didn't talk about it. 
Uh, it's I, the last I, jewel. I watched that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So this came out in cinemas about three months ago. Yeah. It stars uh, Adam Driver, Matt Damon, and that Scouse actor. I can't remember her name. Neither can I. Comer. Jodie Comer. Okay. Well done. She, and, and the reviews I saw was that this movie, which is uh, about the last legal jewel in France mm-hmm. in uh, the, the 18th century, mm-hmm. is the same story, but it's told three times in the space of the movie from different perspectives. Is that right? Yeah. Ca- ca- yeah. So that's, the, that's the, the thing that made it interesting for me. And it's not Sounds like, like a slog. It's not ineffectively done because they choose the important parts of each of the three stories. So it doesn't do a f- the full repeat. Okay. Right. It does this person and the parts they were at, this person and the parts they were at, this person, the parts they were at, and right. sometimes it doesn't even revisit the parts that the characters were at because it wasn't reinterpreted. But it is, it's, the, it's a change of perspectives, putting the story together by watching how each person thought the interactions went and how they viewed them in their head. And it, it overall, the film does work. I think it was better than I expected it was going to be, especially because it looked so goofy and horrible. I think some of the acting is goofy and horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is it's a decent, it's a decent film about a pretty good thing plenty trigger warnings involved in a film like this though so yep. watch it only if you're not too sensitive to many different things um but i, I actually did like it over like it, it what well, it didn't feel over long for me i thought it would feel over long with the whole three like three peat thing that i had going on but it worked uh-huh um, and seeing the different because because it because each actor had to play themselves in three different ways, kind of. Yep. They did that really well, even Damon. Um, wow. Because the, the changes weren't too significant. They were just subtly altering the, their, the presentation of their characters. Well, sometimes not subtly. Adam Driver gets to be full-on suave and incredible for his perspective <laughs> of the thing. Nice. Um, and then it, all, it does come down to a big climactic fight at the end because it is all about Yay. the last jewel. But the fight was pretty well done as well. Um so overall, pretty good. And I think one I would actually recommend, which I thought when I was putting it on, I was okay. like, I was going to watch this and forget about it. Yep. But I didn't forget about it. Well, okay. Well, dear listener, if you have finished a movie, a TV show, or something you would like to review, you can send it to us, seesawparade at gmail.com. But James, before we move on... Yeah, I do think I do think critics might hate this uh... film. I think it is a bit of a brain-off film. I do think it leans into brain. I think it got more good reviews than bad, but it certainly wasn't overwhelming. Yeah. Okay. I didn't really check. Right. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's move on, James. You got one TV show, and we just want to give it the kind of the big big picture stuff. It's Hawkeye. Yeah. The last of the new Marvel TV shows, which has been uh, dropping episodes every Wednesday for the last five weeks. The finale was yesterday, and I watched I it. I'm yet to see it. What did you think of the show as a whole? Tone. Acting. Show as a whole, the the Marvel Pandemic Christmas special was exactly what you'd expect from a Marvel Pandemic Christmas special. Okay. A bit off more than it could chew. Interesting. But it did a reasonable enough job with it all that at the end I was like, thumbs up. Um, acting was pretty good. Uh, I like the, the change in perspective and tone. We're not looking at like a super-powered superhero here. Yep. It is Hawkeye. It's just a guy. So we are getting to see Marvel producing a more human show that we've kind of seen them do. We ha- we have seen them leaning more into human elements here and there. Um, but they really did that with this one. They're introducing quite a lot of character and plot. Um, they're, they're tying things together from 
several other Marvel productions as well. So overall, they did have a lot to do. And in a pandemic production with only six episodes, they did it pretty well. It does definitely lean into the I don't quite buy this several times. Like, I do not believe this. Um, how did this? How does this happen? I think it's like I don't want to spoil it, but the finale has a, quite a bit of that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's there's some really cool things going on at the same time. So I'm pleased they made it. I enjoyed it. Would recommend it to Marvel fans. Wouldn't recommend it to anyone else. Yeah. So I still have one episode to go, but my general thoughts have been it's been fine without it being as I my barber said his favorite Disney Plus. Marvel show so far. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's, it's fine. I, and the reason for that is I like all the, the characters or the ones I'm into. Yeah. It's well acted. It's giving Hawkeye slash Clint Barton some more depth. But I find the dialogue between not just uh, Hailey Haley Steinfeld's character of Kate Bishop and, and Clint incredibly unfunny and at times very stilted, but also the discussion she is having with other characters. I just don't think it's a particularly well-written show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also uh, so the the villains, again, there have been some interactions where I think, well, why did you do that? Or you know, why is this happening? Yeah, it, it, it lacks the finesse that I'd expect. If you were actually there in this situation, it, it would make sense to do like the logical thing, but they never do the logical thing. And that's what begins to shut me off of a show. That being said, Cliffhanger at the end of episode five I thought was nice and uh, looking forward to seeing to see how this show resolves itself because there are a few directions it can go. My bold prediction is that we get a season two with most of the remaining cast still intact. How about that? Oh, I, I like your prediction. And yeah, I, I, I agree. I think there's enough to this show that you can easily enjoy it, but there's not enough to the show that you can like write it down as like, anywhere near your favourite thing you've watched this year. You're right, in- indeed. And in talking of favourite things we watched this year, I am almost finished Succession... Succession? Succession <laughs> Season 3. Oh, I love this show Whoa. so much. All right. Uh, it's just... Uh, it's a phenomenal piece of work. And the fact it's still going as strongly as it is at Season 3 is testament to both the writing, uh, but also the storylines of the characters and the development. Great show. I will r- review it in full. Uh, next week slash next year. Okay, James, a couple more bits of uh, entertainment news before we wrap up. Uh, let's talk about James. In fact, let's not talk about, talk about James Franco. Let's talk about the fact that there's been the first trailer for yeah. uh, Do- Doctor Strange 2 and the, the madness of the multiverse, which actually was at the end <laughs> the of... The, that's it. Was tagged on at the end of the uh, Spider-Man 3, so I'd actually seen it before You'd seen it, yeah. it went online. What do you think? It looks... A little bit better than I would have expected, actually. Hey. Um, I'm not going to say it looks astounding or revolutionary, but uh, it's, it looks like it is going to have the stuff we want from a Doctor Strange film without having to slog through introducing the character over the first two hours. Um, so I, I, I have high hopes for it. Um, it. It could be, it could be great, but I don't, I don't think the trailer really was too revealing in terms of like going like this is going to be. Uh, Yep. Top tier film. Uh, and it, it does play off what happens in Spider-Man 3, which is another, another reason to go and see it. So, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, I, yeah, but no, the, the teaser doesn't spoil the film, the Spider-Man film. So don't you can watch it yeah. if you've been avoiding it for spoiler reasons. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's to me, as you say, it, it gives enough of an insight into, oh, we are pretending the Marvel TV shows exist. Yeah, exactly. In, yeah. in, the, in the film 
great because yeah, it's it's referenced. One division is referenced uh, by Scarlet Witch in the early stages of the the trailer, which is nice. Yeah, they just throw it away though, and and I like that they're going to treat us maturely like that. Similar to Snowpiercer, they're just going to go, we're not talking about that, and they're going to go, you the audience, you can handle that, and they're not going to do like a one hour recap of all the background that we need to know to watch the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, okay. Hopefully. <laughs> We'll see. Okay, let's move on. A couple more stories. The actor James Franco has admitted having sex with students from his acting school. Right. Almost four years after sexual misconduct allegations were made. So the 43-year-old had agreed to pay over $2 million over the summer after he was sued for engaging in, uh, quoting here, sexually charged behavior towards female students. So Mm -hmm. speaking on a podcast, Nazi Saw Parade, he said that whilst he was teaching... He, in quotes, did sleep with students and that was wrong. Mm-hmm. He said he'd not started the school to lure women there for sexual purposes and uh, he'd remained quiet over the allegations uh, for years because there were people, and again, a quote here, there were people that were upset with me that I needed to listen to. And he has uh, settled uh, several, well, rather the class action lawsuit brought by several people um, who had alleged he'd abused his position. So, James, thoughts on this? Uh, and this, uh, I imagine, would be at least a short-term end of, of James Franco. Well, hopefully he is, you know, not high profile until we are sure that everyone who he has hurt is completely satisfied that everything is settled and we are completely yep. sure that he is no longer being an abuser of power like like he was, right? Um, he has been trying to clean up his public image over the last few years, so I was surprised that he talked about it at all, but, you know... I guess he's just going to have to continue trying to clean up his public image. And it is, I think he said that he has got, like, he's a sex addict is basically his, his implication. Yeah, and we're supposed yeah, to yeah. go like, oh, well, I suppose if you're addicted, we can't really blame you. Um, but it's weird how many celebrities kind of cling on to that one for when they do the bad things, when if they were really just the sex addict who has a problem, you know, they just activate a Tinder account and say, I'm James Franco you probably get non-abusive relations pretty easily. Um, so I don't buy it. I don't buy it that it's as simple as he's implying. I think he's doing this celebrity dodging. Now everything is always deeper and muddier than that, and he's probably got problems, and I do hope that any of his sincere problems are worked on professionally before he allows himself into any sort of a place of influence again. Okay, and uh, lastly for entertainment, Coldplay have announced that they're going to stop making music as a band in 2025. Right. So uh, frontman Chris Martin's been looking into his crystal ball, mm-hmm. made the announcement on uh, BBC Radio 2, saying, our last proper record will come out in 2025. After that, I think we will only tour. And maybe we'll do some collaborative stuff, but the Coldplay catalogue, as it were, finishes then. Right. What do we think about this? I- well, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it matters. I, it, this is real. This is some serious crystal ball stuff. I think if it's true, oh, all right, cool. And if it's not true, I'm not surprised, right? You go tour for five years after that, and then you're like, actually, I've got really good ideas for new music. And the rest yeah. of the band is like, yeah, we've been working on some riffs in the in the in the bus, and they're really cool. <laughs> and they make another track. No, no, no. Coldplay do not use buses. They only use private jets. Sorry, I'm pretty sure yeah, they all have the, one each. The jet is called the bus. <laughs> I'm just going on the tour jet. <laughs> 
so, like it's not if they were like if it was like we're gonna split up in 2025 i'd be like all right thanks for telling us i'm prepared yep. i didn't really know they were still making music but hey it's fine yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's just like we're gonna stop making catalog why are you why, what why who cares? <laughs> I suppose their fans do. I bet that you are going to make new stuff if you remain as a touring band. And if you don't, it's not just like your catalogue isn't expanding. It's like you've broken up. Say one or do the know, other. Do you know what's interesting from my perspective is it's the creative stuff. It's the fact that he's saying, hey, in 2025, we're just going to stop being creative. We're just going to not write any music anymore. And I think... No, but only for collabs. Right. So, so, other people's creativity <laughs> is going to drive them. Right. So for me, as you said there... You know, just going to tour for five years, and then, and then, we're, what are they going to do with all the ideas they've come up with? Just to be like, no, nope, we said we're not going to make any more music, so we're not. So too bad. These ideas go in the bin. <laughs> just going to release it secretly. They're going to uh, give themselves a cool pen name. They might. It. I mean, they might do. Start like a super group. Yeah. But yes, I, I did think oh. that. Um, I mean, the BBC gives a lot of airtime to Coldplay as it is. I remember probably start <laughs> start this year. There was an article yeah. about Chris Martin saying, "You know what? I, th- I think in the past we were guilty of." You know, wanting to, to get bigger and bigger and to do newer and newer stuff. Right. But we want to keep it low-key. Sure. And the like, the, the, the very next <laughs> paragraph after that quote was something like, this evening, Coldplay will play on a moving boat on the Thames, which is being beamed to space. <laughs> I thought, well played, journalist. Low-key in terms of, like, the scale of the solar system. <laughs> like, they're only playing to the, to the, the, we're, the space we're, shuttles. We're just getting out of atmosphere. <laughs> Right, James, I did uh, promise we would return to the Tories, and so return we shall, and talk about the fact that for the first time in 200 years, the Conservative Party lost the constituency of North Shropshire after a by-election. Well done, North Shropshire. So this, uh, this came after Owen Patterson stepped down slash resigned. Yes. Following that whole debacle. Yes. Of, uh giving money to companies because they gave him money in the first place. Mm -hmm. And uh, it turned out that in this by-election, the people of North Shropshire were very angry with the Tories and the Lib Dems won, overturning a majority of 23,000 to win by almost 6,000 votes. So that's 29,000 fewer votes. I think it was, I heard on the radio, the third biggest swing in UK electoral history. Which is yeah, pretty big loss. Remarkable. So this has all been now. Uh, it's come to the head of of Boris, and everyone's saying, "Ah, oh, no, no, it's his fault. Entirely his fault. Because if he hadn't got involved in the Owen Parson debacle, Mister Parson would have served his suspension by now, and he'd still be a politician." Yeah, but I think they would have still lost. Actually, um, I, 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 like, granted, it maybe plays a part in how little popularity they've got in the area. I don't, I'm not from the area, so I can't speak firsthand, but the Tories have done a lot of other things that people are no longer buying. Uh, we're seeing people saying that we're not getting the Brexit we voted for, and they're just pretending that they're idiots. They, they're getting exactly the Brexit they knew where they were voting for. They just, like, had the hope in their back of their mind that their knowledge was wrong, and now they're having to accept their knowledge was right. right. They're getting the Brexit they voted for, and they're not happy with the Tories. Uh, we're, we're, we're seeing the loss of popularity over COVID stuff as well. I am sure that there will be uh, elections that are unrelated to parties party members getting booted that are going to be swings towards the Lib Dems as well. And while the Lib Dems aren't inspiring, anything but Tory. Well, anything to the left of Tory. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I saw there was, uh, this was on the back of, as we talked about earlier, Nadine Doris getting booted off a WhatsApp call, uh, WhatsApp group chat, I should say. Uh, a lot of people were saying, actually, no, it's time for Boris to, uh, to to stand aside because it's his fault it's mental. that we've lost this seat. Yeah, I mean, like, it is in a big part Boris's fault that a lot of this has happened. A lot of Boris's Brexit promises are the ones that were viral. And it's not just Boris, though. It's the whole party that was behind him. And... Um, as I said earlier, I do hope that when they do just chuck Boris on the Tory altar and just slice him open, that everybody's hatred doesn't just follow him, that they do realize that this is a conservative problem, that to their core, they have the wrong priorities and that we do keep seeing these voter changes of opinion, even if it is to give the Lib Dems seats. Okay, so just moving on from that, because time is off the essence, let's uh, talk about Peng Shui. This is the Chinese tennis star who we've uh, talked about in recent weeks. The news this week is that she has now come out to say that she's never accused anyone of sexually assaulting her. It was a misunderstanding, uh, That a social media post that she made uh, early in November was actually misunderstood. Yeah, the clearly worded and emotional post that she wrote was just... We were just reading into it too much. Yeah, so in a video posted by a Singapore media outlet, uh, she said, yeah, absolutely, she never said or written that anyone had sexually assaulted her, and uh, yeah, it's the first time that she's addressed it on pu- uh, in public um, since the post she put on her Weibo. Yeah. The, the post itself was first uh, removed, and then she went AWOL for six weeks, and various organizations, the WTA, the, Olympic, uh, the International Olympic Committee, expressed concerns about her well-being. So, James, several weeks on, this... These allegations are being backtracked on. Is that a coincidence? Well, no, right. So until we have a complete, you know, like guarantee that neither she nor her family nor anything she cares about are under the influence of the people who want to silence her, we can't really believe that she is speaking freely. And I think that's the stance that the WTA have taken on the fact is that, you know, until we can believe that she's free, we're not going to believe that her speech is free. And therefore, they're not, I don't think, changing their opinion on anything at this time. And neither am I, for whatever little that matters. Okay, uh, a couple more stories to go. Let's go to Russia and Ukraine. And somewhat good news, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Russian President Vladimir Putin has called on the West to give uh, some security guarantees to defuse the ongoing mm. crisis mm-hmm. uh, prompted by his own military's buildup near Ukraine's Borders. Mm-hmm. So in a, a press conference, he said, uh, it's you, i.e. the West, yes. who must now give us guarantees and give them immediately. Yes, we are, we are approaching their borders, actually. Indeed, yes. So this is, uh, according to Mr. Putin, he's already laid out red lines uh-huh. on Ukraine. And uh, he became very animated, according to this report, when he was asked if he would guarantee there would be no invasion. Right. And uh, yeah, as, as you said there, he quoted, we didn't come to the US or UK borders, they came to ours, he said, uh, accusing yes, NATO. because the NATO is the borders right. of the US and the UK. But, as I say, this is almost good news. By the sounds of things, a ceasefire has been reinstated yes. between Ukraine and Russia. Yes. Which... It's essentially aimed at preventing the conflict yeah. or, or anything happening 
certainly between now and, let's say, January. Exactly, right. But it's just a very tactical reframing of the, th- of the situation by Putin. And he knows he's kind of speaking nonsense, right? Um, countries allying with each other isn't an expansion of borders, as far as I'm aware. Now, granted, I don't like the way NATO works, but if Russia wanted to, they could ally militarily with the Ukraine as well and not expand their borders. They just don't want to do that. Um, So because they can't do what NATO wants to do, which is to have Ukraine become a member, and Russia does not want to have like a military membership kind of idea thing going on. I don't know why I keep saying military. I'm not sure. Um, They have to reframe it. So they're trying to act as though NATO is comparable to a country and uh, comparable to annexing land, which it isn't. Um, So I don't really think it's too much of a ceasefire. It's more of a... Uh, we make un- unreasonable demands. Maybe NATO doesn't let the Ukraine join, and then maybe in uh, twenty years we'll take Ukraine instead, right? So it's more of a delay, I guess, which is kind of like a ceasefire. But yeah, it's not it's not a resolution that I'm too keen on. Okay, and final story for today is the news that Chile has a new president who, according to this uh, hey. particular Fox News piece, starts a leftist millennial has been elected as Chile's next president <laughs> and only gives him his name in the second paragraph. So this is uh, Gabriel Boric, <laughs> who, uh, who beat or handily defeated by more than 10 points, Jose Cast. He won a 56% yes. of the votes. Although he did lose in the first round of the votes, just not by enough. Uh, apparently, Mr. Jose Cast had tried to scare voters that his inexperienced opponent would become a communist puppet. And uh, instead... Right, right, the classic. T- ...tear apart Latin America's most stable advanced economy. So, uh, yeah... Interesting takes here, James. Well, yeah, the last time that 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 Chile or, or basically anybody within America's sphere of influence kind of voted for a lefty, they got a coup on. Uh, now, while most reports from American sites and stuff like that will say that there was an internal coup, we do know that the CIA backed them all. Right. Um, and uh, Chile ended up with having a basically a fascist installed instead who created according to some, or who was a part of the birthing process of neoliberalism, that thing that Tony Blair likes. Um, so if we, we you just go back a couple of generations, really, 1970, we see America start its global influence on, on well, not start, start its global influence on one specific aspect of, of the economy where they bring in this new uh, free market style uh, way of things working and Chile is the testing ground and they're going to install a fascist to get it and fortunately for us the fascist that is that was just running to try and be president in Chile, very openly a Nazi sympathizer didn't win <laughs> but the only framing we get is that a leftist millennial has won so who knows, maybe America will try another coup, get, get more dictators in there but no, it's like it's like I really am encouraged by the, the the movements that we are seeing in countries that were heavily under the boot of American imperialism with their constant uh, internal coups with 
implanted dictators all for American business sake. So it is encouraging to see those countries taking steps to do what they want that will actually be good for them. For example, not having your pensions owned by private corporations. Smart. Amongst many other things. Okay, we're going to have to leave it there because time has well and truly gone. James, thank you once again for your company and you, dear listener, for listening to 40 episodes of Seesaw Parade this year. I'm sure you've listened to every minute of every single episode. I know I have. Indeed. (laughs) We'll see you... (laughs) Several times. ...for uh, another 40, maybe 41... Maybe. ...in 2022. Now, I hope you all have an excellent Christmas and New Year and any other celebration that you're going to take part in. Yeah. We'll try not to fall out with my dad. Yeah, all of you, just... No guarantees. Just try not to fall out with Colin's dad, all right? Every single one of you. (laughs) Yeah, nice. Bye. Oh yeah, oh, yeah bye. <laughs>